Thank you for joining us for the Tucson Baptist Church podcast with Pastor Brent Armstrong. This podcast features the messages from the teaching and preaching ministry at our church. Tucson Baptist Church is located in Tucson, Arizona, and we are committed to loving God, growing together, and reaching our community. take your Bibles and find 1 Corinthians chapter 15, maybe on your phone, your iPad. If you do not have one, the verses will be on the screen right behind me in just a moment. We have now turned to what is the most important part of the service, and that is God's Word. What does God and His Word have to say about all of the music that you've heard and you've experienced and you've listened to this morning? Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, There's an unthinkable question. What if there had never been an Easter? What if Jesus Christ stayed in that tomb? What if death had really conquered? What if there had been no Easter? And I've entitled my message this morning, Oh No, Jesus Stayed in the Tomb. And so let's jump right into our text verses this morning. This will be be just a few minutes that you'll be seated, so why don't we stand together. We'll read these verses so you can stretch your legs one last time. The verses will be on the screen behind me. And what I'd like to ask you to do, I'd like to ask you to read the even verses. I will, in a responsive format, read the odd verses. And we'll begin reading in verse number 12 down through verse number 20. So that means that you're going to begin reading. And so, choir, if you'll help me, we'll begin here in verse number 12. Now, if Christ... But if there be no resurrection of the dead... Then is Christ not risen? Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Father, please help me now to carefully, accurately, encouragingly share your word that every single person that is here today, listening by live stream, in person, in an overflow room, that they might know that Jesus Christ is real. Please help me to communicate truth now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. I ask again, what if Jesus had stayed in that tomb? Well, the Apostle Paul deals with the question in the passage that we just read. Perhaps I could share an illustration and this would help us understand. They say the greatest escape artist of all time was a man by the name of Harry Houdini. Oh, he died in 1926. Some of you may have never heard of him, especially those who are younger in our congregation this morning. Um, But he was a sensation of his time. It seemed that there was no way to imprison Harry. He would be put in the best jails, and in a few moments, he would be out. 
They say that you could put handcuffs on him, and they just seem to fall away. They would sew up, sew him up in a canvas bag, and he would come out. They would rivet him in huge milk cans, but out he would come. He would be sealed in boilers and welded shut. Out he would come. They say that you could put him in a coffin, put chains around that coffin, dump that coffin in the river, and out he would come. Some thought he had some type of supernatural powers. Uh, he had the flexibility of an eel, and he had the mind of a genius, and he had the lies of a cat. Uh, there was a man by the name of Fulton Ausler. He said this, That man could escape from anything but our memories. Well, Harry Houdini, he experimented with contact with the dead. Necromancy, clairvoyance, uh, fortune telling. And he believed that every one of those people were fakers and he went about to expose them and they actually hated him for it. But he still wondered, can I truly escape from death? And so he told his wife. And it's recorded that he gave her a secret code word that on my birthday, after I die, I will try to contact you. And so sensitize your mind. Be ready for that contact. And, um, and they had this secret code word. And then Harry Houdini, he did die October of 1926. One year later on his birthday, uh, his wife lit a candle, put out his picture, and she waited with great anticipation for that code word. It did not come. Two years turned into three. Three turned into four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine and ten, on the tenth year that he had not communicated with her, she finally extinguished the camera, uh, the, the candle, and no longer uh, took out his picture to look at his picture. I'm here to tell you that death held Harry. He did not escape death. But may I have the pleasure to introduce to you someone this morning, someone that was not named Harry Houdini, someone that was able to escape death, and his name is Jesus. Jesus, he went into a tomb. He stayed there three days. And he walked out like a butterfly bursting through a cocoon. And he left those grave clothes in that tomb. And Jesus came forth. He came forth as a risen Savior. And he did what Harry could not do. But the question still remains. What if this is all a myth? What if Jesus really didn't rise from the dead? What if Jesus, his bones returning to the dust of the earth, what if he really is still in that tomb? And with that, we have our passage of Scripture, and I submit to you that there are six tragic outcomes if Jesus still be in that tomb. Would you take some notes this morning? Would you open your heart? Would you pay attention to the message? I'll be brief. I'll get to the point. I'll share these six thoughts with you, and we'll allow the Holy Spirit to do the rest of the work this morning. Tragic outcome number one would be this. If Jesus, 2,000 years later, is still in that tomb, preaching would be pointless. Preaching would be pointless. If you look in our text in verse number 14 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Word of God says this, And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Folks, you're wasting your time, and I'm wasting my time if Jesus Christ is still in the grave. This is a pointless exercise that we're doing right now. Preaching is vain. It is empty if Christ still be in the grave. 
There was a liberal preacher who does not believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And uh, let me just say, I think he needs to get an honest job. He shouldn't stand behind the pulpit if he does not believe Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead. Let me tell you uh, what a preacher said. It's amazing. He said, and I quote, speaking of Jesus, his body lies in a nameless Syrian tomb, but his deathless spirit goes marching on. I say someone ought to call for that man's credentials. Jesus Christ is alive. That, that man who says that, who stands be, behind what we call a sacred desk, and we're to say that Jesus Christ did not rise again. He's an imposter. He's a fraud. He's a fake. He has no business being involved in anybody's ministry. Jesus Christ, he did die for our sins. He did rise again three days later. And I'm so thankful that our preaching is not pointless this morning. Now, I read of a time, and some of you may re relate to this because it goes way, way back. In fact, way, way, way back. There used to be a time that you could get a haircut for 50 cents. Now, that was back in the olden days when some of you had hair. There was, a, there, was a, there was this preacher, he went in, he got his hair cut, he started to pay the barber, and the barber said, no, that's all right, pastor, I, I'm not going to charge you for a haircut. And the, the pastor said, no, I want to pay you. And, uh, he, and he said, no, 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 you don't need to pay me. He said, listen, I'll come and listen to you preach, and I'll take it out in your, in your preaching. The pastor says, well, I don't have any 50-cent sermons. And the barber said, well, I'll, that's okay, I'll come twice. <laughs> um, I want to tell you something this morning. That if a pastor stands behind this pulpit and he does not believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ as far as I'm concerned, it is a pointless, useless, worthless, and exercise in futility. I'm thankful this morning that the Apostle Paul answered that question. But what if? What if Paul's wrong? What if Jesus is still in that tomb? I submit to you that there's a tragic outcome number two, and that is this, is that faith would be foolish. Faith would be foolish. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we read it, you read it, and if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is vain, and your faith is also vain. Why would that be? Well, why would you put your faith in a dead Messiah if he's still in the tomb? You see, faith is no better than its object, and a dead man can't save anyone. And our faith in Jesus Christ is not worth anything if Jesus is still in the grave. And how do we know that he is the Son of God? How do we know that he is God incarnate? Romans chapter 1 verse 5, the Bible says, And declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. My friend Confucius died. He's still dead. Old Buddha died. He's still dead. Muhammad died. He's still dead. Jesus Christ died, but he rose again. And my friend this morning, he's alive. A teacher asked a student to write an essay on what they believed and who they believed to be the greatest living man. A student wrote an essay on Jesus Christ, and the teacher responded, Son, that's a good essay, but I told you to write about a living man. And with all the faith of a young man who believed in the Bible, he looked at his teacher and he says, But teacher, Jesus is alive. 
He's alive. We don't put our faith in a dead Messiah. He's declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. But if he's still in that grave, preaching is pointless and faith is foolish. If he's still in that grave, there is certainly a tragic outcome number three, and that is the disciples themselves are deceivers. The disciples are deceivers. If Jesus Christ did not rise, then we we are foolish for listening to these disciples. Paul goes on with his argument and he says, If Christ be not risen, yea, we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised? I ask you to understand the, the whole picture. Paul is not saying... If Jesus is still in the grave, then we're mistaken. It's one thing to be mistaken, friend. It's another thing to be a false witness. And what Paul is writing here, of which we have read this morning, if Jesus Christ is still in the grave, then we are telling a lie to everyone. And you have to ask yourself a question. Here's the question. Were the disciples liars? Were they deceivers? If so, why? Why would they deceive? Why would they lie? Well, well, you say, well, people will lie for gain. I ask you, what gain did they have in Jesus Christ if he is still in the grave? How did they die? We know in recorded history that the disciples died as martyrs. They were tortured and they were persecuted. And they were burned at the stake. And they were read in the mouths of lions. And they were stoned and they were crushed. And they were humiliated. Now listen to me. Hypocrites and martyrs are not made up of, uh, 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 of the same stuff. People tell lies to get out of trouble, not to get into trouble. And a man may live for a lie, but, but few, if any men willingly, will die for a lie if they know it's a lie. These disciples are saying this, and this is, and if you've missed anything, I want you to listen to this this morning. By the testimony of the disciples, they say this We've seen him, we've touched him, we have, we have handled him. And are you going to tell me that Simon Peter was a con man? Are you going to tell me that the apostle John was a crook? That the Apostle Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament, was a known perjurer and a deceiver and a false witness, and that these men would be willing to die for a lie? Of course not. But if Christ is still in the grave, preaching is foolish. Faith is foolish. The disciples are foolish. The disciples have deceived us. But I want you to notice a tragic outcome number four. If Jesus did not rise again that third day, sin would be sovereign. Sin would be sovereign. Notice that sin would have won. For in verse number 17, the Bible says, And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Now, I'd like to ask all of you to listen to something. Every one of us have sinned. There's not a single man, woman, boy, child among us who has not yet sinned, who is here this morning without sin. There's no one who can stand up and say, I have never sinned. Oh, every one of us, we have told a lie. We have stolen something. We've had a bad attitude. We have done something that has transgressed one of God's laws and expectations of us. There's not a single one of us that is here this morning without a sin. 
But if Jesus Christ is in the grave, you are a sinner saved by, you are a sinner by birth, you are a sinner by nature, you are a sinner by practice, you are a sinner by choice, and you have no hope of forgiveness if Jesus Christ is in the grave. God cannot just overlook your sin. Our choir sang a song about his holiness. And if God were to cease to judge sin, God would cease to be holy. If God were to merely overlook your sin, God would topple from his throne of holiness. God never lets sin go unpunished. So I want you to listen. You will either be pardoned in Christ or you will be punished in hell. You will either be pardoned in Christ or you will be punished in hell. But it will never be overlooked. Oh, we could sit here in smugness this morning and say, I don't care for you at all, Pastor Armstrong. I don't agree with you because my church says something else. Oh, I'm not here to tell you what our church says. I'm here to tell you what the Bible says. I'm here to share with you the truths of the Word of God. And that is, is that if Jesus Christ is still in the grave, that means that God did not accept the sacrifice of Calvary. And that would be a tragic outcome. How do we know that Jesus is the Son of God? How do you know that Jesus Christ was not just some religious fanatic? How do you know that Jesus Christ was not someone with a martyr complex who happened to get crucified and, and that's it? How do you know that God accepted the sacrifice of Calvary, the resurrection? The Bible says this in Romans 4 and verse 25, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. I love that song. Living he loved me. Dying he saved me. Bury he carried my sins far away. But my friend the song says rising he justified freely forever. No resurrection, no savior. No savior, no forgiveness. His death without his resurrection cannot save anybody. My friend, he was delivered for our offenses. And the Bible says this, that he was raised for our justification. But if Christ still be in the grave, none of us have a half of a hallelujah's hope of heaven because Christ is still in the grave. My friend, I want to go to heaven. How about you? It can only happen through Jesus Christ. And the Bible says this, the wages of sin is death. I deserve hell. And then the Bible goes on to say, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Apart from Jesus Christ, I will die in my sins. And apart from Jesus Christ, I have no chance, no opportunity, no future hope. Tragic outcome number five. If Jesus Christ still be in the grave, that is this, and this should shake all of us, death has dominion. Death has dominion. Look, if you will, not only is sin sovereign, but death has dominion. In verse number 18 of the passage of Scripture that you read, then they also which are fallen asleep or dead in Christ are perished. I'd like to ask you a personal question. Do you have a family member, a grandmother, a grandfather? A mother or a father. Maybe you have a, a stepdad or a stepmom. Or maybe you have a brother or a sister or a, a first cousin, a second cousin. And, and maybe you even have a son or a daughter that has preceded you in death. And if Jesus Christ had not raised from the dead, let me just tell you, it's over. 
There's nothing to look forward to. Life is nothing but a cruel joke if Jesus Christ still be in the grave. And all of us can look forward to is getting sicker and finally winding down to the grave, being cremated or covered with dirt and letting those greedy little microbes eat away at our flesh. And that's it. Death has dominion. Death has won. Are you going to tell me something as wonderful as human life, something as glorious as the bond between humans has no more meaning than that? Just to die, go back to the ground, and that's it? That's what I'm looking forward to at the end of my life? I've preached many funerals. I tell you, the hardest thing for me at a funeral is to stand by the casket and watch the loved ones come and look upon that person who's deceased. And then finally, they close that casket lid. And oftentimes, it's a very sad Sad indeed experience. And as, uh, as the pastor's habits is often to do, we often stand close by the family and we're there to watch and we're there to observe and we're there to provide words of comfort. However, it's not uncommon to watch a precious spouse. Now a widow lady, she's coming by and she's a lady of great faith. And I've watched this through some 150 or so funeral services, many a time she'll walk up, she'll pause, tear in her eye, pat the arm a couple times, and then turn and walk away. The great faith that I'll see him again because he knows Jesus. But I have to admit, I've stood there And I've had this question go through my mind as it would have had to have gone through your mind too in years gone by. Is that it? Is that all there is to life? It's over? I'm going to tell you this morning, death does not have dominion because Christ is risen. There is life after death. Now you can go to Rome And you could go to what is referred to as the catacombs. The catacombs are underneath tunnels. In fact, there's 600 miles of these uh, these catacombs and these uh, tunnels all are underneath Rome. Oh, they're dug in the soft clay, about eight feet tall. uh, uh, They say they're about that wide, maybe in a couple places five feet wide, but just enough for uh, maybe two people to pass with their backs against the, uh, uh, the back of the tunnel wall. There's some 60 different routes within, uh, within Rome. I am told that you can read the inscriptions uh, that the pagans left there for their dead, and you can see there's no hope, that there's only despair. Listen to some of these that are actually inscribed in the catacombs uh, there in Rome. Live for the present hour, since we're sure of nothing else. Here's another one. I will lift up my hands against the gods who took me away at the age of 20, though I had done no harm. Here's another. Once I was, now I am not. I know nothing about it, and it's no concern of mine. Here's another. Traveler, curse me not as you pass, for I am in darkness and cannot answer. May I just say that's pagan death. And everyone under the sound of my voice who's looking at me at this very moment, may I just say this, if you know not Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior, you have no hope. One of these inscriptions that is written in the tombs of the catacombs beneath Rome could describe your life. 
But I am so thankful to report to you this morning that there's a different kind of inscription that's written on some tombs. Here lies Marcia put to rest in the dream of peace. Lawrence, to his sweetest son, carried away by the angels, called, he went in peace. Victorious in life, victorious in peace, and victorious in Christ. I just say, what a difference Jesus makes. How great to know that there is a God who in the form of man, the Lord Jesus Christ, he grappled with the iron bars of death. And my friend, I can report to you, he has been victorious. And I'm here to tell you that death does not have to have dominion because Jesus rose again. I listened for the fourth time to Josie's testimony this morning. Josie, Josie's here somewhere. Josie, where are you here this morning? Would you please stand for just a moment? I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not trying to embarrass you. Um, your testimony is so sweet. Without Jesus, I struggled. There was depression. There was sadness. There was no purpose in life. My goal was to please other people. And then she said this, Jesus has made all the difference. Thank you so much. And here's what I'm here to tell you is that Jesus makes all the difference. May I just tell you that Josie never has to fear death in this body to be present with the Lord because he rose again. Oh, quickly and finally this morning we're done. Tragic outcome number six is this. Our future is frightening if Jesus is still in the tomb. Our future is frightening if Jesus still be in the tomb. In verse number 19 of our passage of Scripture that we read, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are, all, uh, are of all men most miserable. A wise man once said, if Jesus Christ is still in that grave, nothing really matters. But if Jesus Christ came out of that grave, nothing but that really matters. Would you agree with that? I do. You see, friend, without the resurrection, we're just poor, deluded fools. We are, of, of all people, most miserable. And what we're doing this morning is an exercise of futility. May I just tell you that Jesus Christ is the one who walked out of that grave. He took the sting of death from us. And he took the dread out of death. And he took the gloom out of the grave. And he's given us a hope and a steadfast, confident, sure faith. And so one of these days, if the Lord tarries, we'll, we'll, we'll stand by your casket and we'll say, did he or she know him? And uh, you'll be gone. And we will have to give a testimony of how you've lived in this life. Where is your future? Is it fearful? I say it's not fearful if you know Jesus. Albert Einstein was a genius. In fact, Time Magazine didn't call him the man of the year. Time Magazine referred to him as the man of the century. Old Albert Einstein knew so much, and he was absent-minded, and, and often as somebody has this super high IQ that uh, they're, they're just functioning in the world, they say that he was tremendously absent-minded. In fact, Albert Einstein, he was on a train going from Princeton in the, in the account that I read, and the conductor came by to punch his ticket. Um, Einstein couldn't find his ticket, and he was looking in his vest, and he was looking in his briefcase, he was looking in his jacket. He couldn't find his ticket. The conductor said, Dr. Einstein, don't worry. I know you bought a ticket. I know who you are. Dr. Einstein, don't worry. It's fine. It's, it's fine. 
And so the conductor went on down to punch the tickets of the rest of those who were on the train. And uh, he looked back, and Dr. Einstein was down on his knees looking for that ticket. And he went back, and he said, Sir, I already told you, Dr. Einstein, I know who you are. And Dr. Einstein, with great frustration, looked at him and says, I know who I am. I just don't know where I'm going. I have your attention. I'd like to ask you a very pointed question. Do you know where you're going? At this moment, oh, it's Easter Sunday. You've been invited. You're a faithful visitor. You're a church member. But I just want to ask you bluntly, do you know where you're going? Do you have the ticket that says, I have trusted Jesus Christ like those four precious testimonies we heard uh, they said that the amazing grace of Jesus has changed their life have you experienced that maybe you have an addiction this morning you're holding on to that addiction as Kevin said alcohol others depression and others anxiety the fact of the matter is there's lots of reasons to take our eyes off of Jesus and to trust in something else and you may say, listen, I don't need Jesus. I have lots of money. And you may say, I don't need Jesus. I have a beautiful home. You may say, I don't need Jesus. I have a beautiful family. And you may say, I don't need Jesus because I have this and I have that. And I just tell you, every person needs Jesus. Because every one of us will experience what Hebrews 9 and verse 27 says, and as it is appointed unto man, wants to die. But after that, the judgment. Every one of us will face death. Are you ready to meet Jesus? Are you sure that Jesus Christ is in your heart as was given testimony earlier this morning? If so, then I want to tell you, friend, preaching is profitable. Faith is feasible. The disciples are dependable. Sin has been subdued. Death has been defeated. And the future is fabulous. Those are the outcomes of a risen Savior versus the outcomes of a Savior who is still in the tomb. Do you know where you're headed?